Hi, and welcome to Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Please join us as we explore how you can enjoy a happier life and a fulfilling career, things that aren't always that easy in our modern world. We'll be taking a look to how you can explore well-being both inside and outside the workplace, how to prevent burnout, how to achieve true happiness in work and life, and so much more. So stick around. everybody and welcome back to this episode of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Today, Jenny and I have spent a long time putting off talking to you about procrastination. We just spent 25 minutes not talking about the podcast. (laughs) Oh, but you've got so much else to talk about. It's so easy to procrastinate about the important things that we know we should be doing. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And so I guess The reason I wanted to talk about this is I would want to hold my hands up. I am an inveterate. Is that the right word? Mm. Procrastinator. Constantly to the point where I now have realized that I just like to do things with a shorter time frame. That's how I'd like to phrase that. (laughs) So I wanted to, to know, are you a procrastinator? Is there good reasons we procrastinate? Is it a fault that I need to cure? Okay. I'm very interested. Um, I do have something to share with you, Sarah, about this. Um, I'm not at all surprised to hear that you are a procrastinator. Um, so about so 99.5% <laughs> of the population, we all procrastinate to a greater or lesser degree about different things. So there's nothing strange Ooh, about your okay. behaviour. What I find fascinating is that you've worked out a way to circumvent when you are procrastinating to get you to get stuff done. Because procrastination is essentially that sort of incongruence between knowing that you've got something that you really need to be getting on and doing because waiting for something or whatever. Um, But somehow you find the prospect of cleaning out your sock drawer or tidying up the pantry so much more alluring and so much more important (laughs) to the nth degree, even though it's making you feel really cross with yourself because you think, oh, here I go again, procrastinating. But I think you've you've nailed it in one pretty much about the needing a deadline because that is definitely one of the things that we can all use to help ourselves if if we recognise that we put things off because either we think it's going to be a really big task and we're thinking, Mm. oh, it's going to take so much time and effort. Do I really want to do that? Or it's something we don't really want to do, but we know we have to do like our tax return. Or (laughs) it's something that we're worried about because it's actually really important and we really want to get it right. And we're not, and we're worried that we're not going to get it right. And that fear of failure holds us back. Yeah. I shall never forget when I did a course called the neuroscience of leadership. It was a great course. We were learning all about the neuroscience of, you know, what it takes to, 
you use, use your noggin, basically. <laughs> and the, the people in charge, you know, they would set us assignments and we had to do them and we had to submit them by a certain time and they get marked by the university, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the usual stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were coming up to the end of the course and we knew that we would have four final assignments that we would have to get in in order to get either our certificate or master's, whatever we were studying for. And the warning was, do not procrastinate, because they said in the group prior to us, there had been several people who had sailed through the course, done everything that was asked for them until the final hurdle. And for whatever reason, Mm. they missed the deadline. And so they didn't get what they'd signed up for two years before that. Now, I was, I was aghast. I think everybody else in the group was so aghast. That actually stimulated us to take action. <laughs> because <laughs> that's not going to happen to us. But isn't it interesting when, when you really want something that badly and yet we self-sabotage and we do yeah. it so, so easily? Has that ever happened to you? Oh yeah. All the time. And it's really interesting how you describe it. And because the first few examples you gave, I was like, no, it's rarely about stuff that I, I mean, sometimes I procrastinate stuff I don't want to do, but the majority of it is, I think falls into the last category, which is the, it's really important to me. And so I want to make sure I do it to the best of my ability. Um, and I, I have to say, as I've gotten older, well, the first time I really realized this was I used to do it at university. I used to write all my papers the night before, stay up all night, hand them in. You know, they just had to be handed in by nine o'clock, right? So, (laughs) um, and then I decided I was going to do it at least a week in advance this time. So like, you know, pushing out the boat here. (laughs) And I went to the library and I got all the books and I sat down to do it and I looked and I realized it was still due the next day. I'd got the dates wrong. Oh, no. And I, I had this moment where I just went, okay, universe, this is what you're telling me. This is when I do my best work. This is ha- this is the, the gee up I need, the kick in the backside, whatever it is. Um, and so I stopped trying to fight it quite so much because The other thing I noticed, and I'm just interested in this because this could just be me lying to myself so I can procrastinate, which is very possible, is that if I don't feel it, I could start something, but then I wouldn't do a good job and I wouldn't be fully focused and I'd get really distracted or whatever it is that happens. Um, And so I tend to listen more to myself in terms of when am I going to do this? Um, what is the, you know, and sometimes doing 90% of it early gives me the space I need. And then I can still come back and finish that last 10% off. That's, that's perfectly plausible. Um, but I have stopped trying to beat myself up about being a procrastinator. Um, I'm pretty sure it drives my husband up the wall. Because he's very conscientious and when he has something to do, he has to do it. Um, he's exceptional at doing that. And um, I am constantly and amazed and, and not able to keep up with that level of commitment. <laughs> uh, what I what I love what we've just what you've just shared is the value of um, recognizing your own pattern and mm. also the value of having a deadline. 
There's, oh, yeah. there's a great study, and, and you might be familiar with it, that Dan Airely did at a university. Have you heard about that experiment that he ran? Oh, he's, I may have done, but I'm not sure okay. which one it is. I mean, he's he's amazing if you haven't he read. He's amazing. He's done so just, much yeah. really interesting um, research in, in this type of area. He basically had several concurrent classes that he was running, so they were simultaneously. And so... Um, the first class were told that they had an end of semester um, assignment or three mm. three essays that had to be submitted. And basically they were told that the three essays had to be submitted on, you know, separately on three different dates. And yep. that was it. Okay. So that was their instruction. The second class were told that they had the same three essays that they had to write, but they could basically select when they submitted the essays um, they could choose, but they had to formally advise him when they were going to be due in and okay. honour that commitment. And the third group were just told they had three essays to write by the end of the term. And that was it. And so he, he left them to it and then waited to see what happened and waited to see which group collectively got the better grades. Oh, yes. I thought you were going to say who handed them in first, but it's not even, it's even deeper than that. Okay. So I don't know the study, so I'm very excited. Okay. So what, what he discovered was that deadlines matter. Okay. Having a deadline imposed on you by someone else is the best because that keeps you accountable to, mm. oh, I've been told it has to be this date and this date and this date. And so you do it. Yeah. Hopefully. The second best deadline is the one that you make for yourself. So if nobody tells you okay. when you have to do it, but you say, I'm going to do it by next Tuesday afternoon and I'll submit it at four o'clock and you've actually yeah. told somebody else, then you're more likely to honor it. The worst one is where you've got open slather. You know when the semester finishes okay. and it's the night before and you think, oh, I've got three essays to hand in and I haven't written any of them. So that group were the ones that had the nervous breakdowns. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. also got lower grades because yeah. you cannot do your best work in yeah. that constraint of time. Yeah. Uh, the other two were pretty much joint first and second, but okay. it was definitely okay. the imposed deadline is the best. It's the best. Yeah. Self-imposed, very close second. So isn't that interesting? So interesting. Really fits in with our conversation on accountability that we had uh, in one of our episodes. So I really like that. Um, but also with this idea that most people want freedom within clear guidelines. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. That's totally it. Totally. Yeah. It. This is so, and it's so practical. Um, uh, so, so practical in so many different ways. And I hadn't thought about it outside of a, I guess, an organizational context for a while, but it's so true. You know, when you know what you need to do, when you need to do it by, and the criteria of what you're writing, right. That's good. You know, you know what to do. Yeah. Um, but the and complete freedom, it's not for no. most people. No, it isn't. And I think if you're working with a colleague who, you know, finds it difficult to get their work in on time, they're traditionally, always a bit late, always running behind, Yeah. then there is a way you can help them 
to mm. another, you know, have the conversation with them to work out, well, um, not to blame them or tell them off or anything, but just to say, you know, what would work to help you yeah. get this part of your you know, assignment in on time because yeah. then everybody can move forward at a, at a faster pace. So it, yeah. it's ends up helping everybody and, and the other person isn't left feeling bad because I know if you've ever been that person who is consistently a bit late, you do feel bad and it's and it's not something that you set out to do. It's just that other stuff gets in the way. And yes. I think the other thing is recognising in yourself when your tipping point is reached because uh, there's a beautiful which shows, you know, you've been set a task, right? And it's in three weeks' time and you think, okay, it's in three weeks' time. Bags of time. i got <laughs> so much time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we're meandering along, meandering along, meandering along. And then there will come a point in time before the three-week deadline when you yeah. suddenly think, heck, I can't not do this anymore because the pain of not doing it is now outweighed by the me over to do it. And that's your tipping point. And, and we all have a tipping point, but it's knowing when your tipping point is likely to be, because your tipping point might be 24 hours before it could yeah. be 48 hours. We're all different. And, yeah. and it may yeah. be specific to the particular task as well. So we have to sort of be a little bit flexy with ourselves and understand how how we operate but definitely (laughs) I think it's so important isn't it and I like I had an interesting conversation with someone about um as Jenny will know I'm not the best at diary management for various reasons some technological some personal um and I had a conversation with someone and and they shared with me you know and it, it, I, it, in this particular instance, it wasn't me canceling, thank goodness. But they shared how it made them feel when someone had canceled on them. And I felt terrible because I I do that to people. Um, and the way they felt was that, um, that that person didn't value their time. And as someone who who has done that before, not again, not on purpose, what you just described, um, things get in the way. Uh, I had to think about that really deeply because I have done that. And absolutely my intention and my thought was never about thinking their time wasn't valuable and that I didn't value it at all. Um, But I needed to have a look at myself. And so I guess from our perspective in procrastination, we probably need to do that same thing. Um, Or I definitely need to do, like I said, you know, um, if, if there are people who are more conscientious um, uh, around you in your life who are consistently um, not the late people or not those who leave it to the last minute, one, that might make them feel really uncomfortable. Um, I know someone I worked with the first time I worked with them because I do things at the last minute she really stressed out and then we would end up delivering an amazing event. And so now, you know, 10 years on, she knows that's how I work. And so she's just not bothered by it. Um, she just knows I'll pull it. She, she says, I'll just pull you know, it out of it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so it's a balance though, isn't it? About being, re- knowing ourselves and understanding when and how we do our best work mm-hmm. and knowing the, the people we're working with or the context it's in and, yeah. And how that might affect them. And, and, you know, if that's how you work best, it might be useful to have like a, hey, 
This is how I work best. I just need you to know that up front. Does anyone have any problems with this? Should we be aware of it? There's some arguments, aren't there, that procrastination is really great for us, but also there's an alternative one that procrastination is, you know, because we don't care about the the thing. And and I feel like it's not quite as black and white as that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's as black and white as that either. Um, and I think it is it is specific to the particular event or situation yeah. too. Yeah. I've had certain times where I've been asked to write an article <laughs> for a magazine or an association or something. And I think say, oh yeah, put it in my diary. Da, 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 da. And I love to write. I write every day, basically. Yeah, so that's not an, uh, uh, an onerous task for me. But sometimes I sit there and I just have, you know, tabula rasa. There's nothing there coming forth. And if I chose just to sit there and tell myself off and say, oh, for goodness sake, Jenny, just get on with it. Just put something, anything down. Well, yeah. I could. It would be total rubbish. But sometimes that can be the spark to actually get the creative spark going so I can actually start oh. to write the article. And other times, rather than beating myself up and thinking, oh, you've clearly got nothing to say on this subject, is to move away from the task, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go and do something else, like go for a walk, have a cup of coffee, something completely different to take you out of that space of why can't I get on and do this now? And that helps you, your mind just to calm down. And then when you come back to sit at your desk again, you find you can get going. So if, mm-hmm. if you ever had that spot where, you know, you can't start something and the procrastination is holding you back, it's about working out some different strategies to help you there. And the big one, I think, for some people is seeing something through. And I know mm-hmm. I fall foul of this a lot. I get so excited about new shiny objects and things. And I get <laughs> You and me both, Jenny. <laughs> I need to dive in and find out more. I'm going to read all about it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and do the other. And, you know, a little way into it, it's like, oh, I didn't realise it was going to be quite so big and so much <laughs> to do. And why did I say I'd take that on when I've got all these other things which are requiring my yeah. attention? As well? yeah. And it's very difficult sometimes to find the momentum and the energy just to see it through to the end. And I have to have sort of quite strict talks with myself sometimes just to, come on, Jenny, keep on going, keep on going, get back on the horse. (laughs) And, of course, finishing. Yeah. Some people are just not very good at finishing. And Mm. that's also a form of procrastination. How many people are married to people who have all sorts of great ideas, especially around the house? Oh, I'm going to build this new cupboard. Oh, I'm going to change the wallpaper in this room. And they start and get all excited, but they don't actually quite complete the job. It's always sort of <laughs> 80, 90% done, but not quite. Our son in his Jenny, last have year. Have you been hanging around my house by any chance? <laughs> I didn't think you'd notice. Didn't think you'd notice. In his last year of school, our son was doing. Um, woodwork as a sort of extra subject because he he loved all that sort of creative stuff. He decided he was going to build himself a skateboard. Wow. Um, No, no, it's not a skateboard, a skate ramp. Oh, gosh, even that's a much bigger project. (laughs) A skateboard is fairly small. A skate ramp is enormous. So he had all this timber, all this metal, and he started off doing it at school because that was where he was doing his project, which is fine. But then 
he finished his last year of school. He'd finished his final exams and it, and the project wasn't quite finished. So what happened? It came home. Oh, no. In pieces, on a trailer, into the backyard. Do you know how long that sat there waiting to be finished? I mean, is it still there? Fortunately not. <laughs> Fortunately not. But it took him six years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. To get around to finally accepting that the skate ramp was actually never going to be finished. Oh, and- <laughs> Well, surplus to requirements. He managed to sell it to somebody who wanted desperately to have a skate ramp and was prepared to finish off the job. Hey, amazing. But But isn't that interesting? So you have this, I think, you know, so what I heard and what resonated for me is this activation energy, right? So that first bit. Yep. And And then we have the last bit. Really? So there's two places we can procrastinate, uh, which I hadn't thought of before. The beginning, the middle, and the end. Oh, you can. Okay, the middle. I don't even want to know what procrastinating in the middle looks like. Is that that just giving up? (laughs) So so it's interesting to think about that in yourself because there's always this, this balance, again, about yeah. who am I and how, uh, how do I show up and be my best, but also, mm-hmm. you know, who are the other people and how do I, instead of doing what we were taught, definitely when we were learning, right? Like, oh, focus on the things you're bad at. How do we actually double down on focusing on the things we're good at and finding people who are good at the finishing or the middle bit? Um, yeah. And I mean, that just resonates so much. I'm a I get very excited to start a project. I love getting things going, starting it, igniting, fire, inspiring, however you want to do it. In fact, that's how this podcast came about, isn't it, Jenny? You and I both wanted to have a podcast, lots of ideas, got together and had a conversation about how we both wanted to start a podcast and neither of us had done it yet. And so our fantastic production crew at Feed Ignite were really the reason this happens. We decided... (laughs) actually if left to our own devices individually we weren't going to do this together we could be accountable to recording it and then actually we would pay someone to help us do the rest <laughs> and and it works it works it does work. So, we're what two years in you know this is our second year so I feel like we have the mat that's a quite a magical formula I need to remember that <laughs> and I think if we if we do feel a bit stuck procrastinating, I think that's such an important point that, you know, we don't have to procrastinate in pain on our own. If you've yeah. got somebody else around you who can help you, yeah, yeah. get on. Because and they might that- just kickstart you or they might re-energize you or they might close the loop, right? It, it's not even about having to lean on someone, although I definitely recommend leaning on someone. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is really important about... Don't get lost in our own, our own heads. Wow. Yeah. That's been such an, I mean, just for me, even such an insightful conversation about something I do on a pretty much daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> so now we can finish up and go back to procrastinating about something else instead. Um, but 
I have also enjoyed this conversation enormously. And of course, we would love to hear yeah. what you, dear audience, have thought about our conversation. What's been your experience about procrastination? Do you procrastinate a little bit, a lot? Does it drive you crazy when you see other people procrastinating and you're going, come on, get it finished? Um, would love to hear your thoughts. Please post away. And of course, we look forward as ever to seeing you on another session of thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. And you can always get involved in the well-being conversation at all of our social links in the show notes. Until next time, stay safe, Stay happy and thrive in whatever you do.